everybody. Welcome back. And welcome to another episode with your favorite hosts. Arya and Cash Bar. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag awkward. It wasn't awkward. Anyway, welcome back everybody. We're so excited to talk about this topic like we are every week. I've realized I say it every week and I still can't help myself. <laughs> like, I'm just excited to record every every episode. <laughs> well, they are all important topics to us. Yeah, because I feel like we we deliver a good amount of value in each topic we talk about. You know, whether it's, even if it's just as little as giving you something to listen to while you do something, like just some background entertainment, even in that sense, there's value in it. But I think there's also value in what we're talking about most, pretty much every episode. I'm just excited to have another conversation about what what's made our lives better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll make you better. I mean personally I like I like the idea of knowing that one person's life got like even that one percent better listening to this. You know, we keep getting feedback recently from various people telling us that they listen to our show and they really like it and how it's like made them feel better or motivated them to do something and that just makes us feel like so happy and I think at least for me it motivates me to want to like keep working on our podcast and keep improving and keep talking about new and different things and whatnot that's the same energy here as well so I mean share that with us if you want um if not I mean you don't have to share it it's just nice to know that it happens and I'm sure it does no please share it actually I mean we'd love to hear it, but we, some people are just you know nervous I'm not I I'm know. not pressuring you to share it with us I'm just saying if you would like to that does make our day a little bit better and like Arya said it just makes us want to record mm-hmm. more we have a site where you can send in voice notes. I think it's in the description of every episode we post, either on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever. In the description, there's a link. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about or just suggestions, anything yeah. like that. I do want to make a disclaimer because I've noticed we've never done this, but like we're not professionals in any of these topics. <laughs> we're just sharing life advice. Yeah. So um, take it, take it all with like, the idea that how it works with your life is not necessarily everything we say. So everything we say is our experience. And obviously, um, we hope it works with you too, but we're not professionals in any no, of the topics. No, we hope hearing our experience will at least motivate you to also deal with those problems. Yeah. The only professional thing I do is sleeping. So <laughs> The yeah. only professional thing I do is programming. Yeah. Anyway. I lied. I do other professional things. I do no, have you a don't. life. You just sleep. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You don't just sleep. You do a lot of things. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, before we get started, I also want to say that we have some really exciting things in the pipeline. Yes. We have um, several guests who have agreed to be on the show. We just need to actually record the episodes. So yeah. that's super exciting. We also received our very first voice note. The other yeah. day, which uh, was it had a lot of... Uh, big questions in it so we decided to make it its own episode so that'll come out at some point in the future yes and if you like any topics and you want further elaboration obviously we'd love to hear about that um and some of the things the reason they may not come out right away is like we said it's based on our own experience and what we know and we don't want to be sharing anything with you that's just like random or that we took off the internet just to have content to share it's is relevant to our own experience and how we genuinely think it can make your life better as well. So um, be patient in that sense, but we will always try to 
provide that for you. On that note, today's topic is how to recover from burnout and identifying burnout. So, I mean, if you get the trend of any of our things, it's always identifying the topic and then how we've kind of resolved it. So burnout is really prevalent today. Um, and it's been getting more and more prevalent. Yeah. The data shows that the, the amount of people that go on Google and search how to recover from burnout has been increasing like 20 to 25% year over year for the last like three years. And it's been, it's been like, um, you know, something even like Apple news and stuff. I've seen a few articles where they're like, oh, you know, the newest generations are like quitting their jobs because of burnout um, or anything like, you know, random topics um, that are kind of what hook hook lines, I guess that Mm -hmm. are, but they all revolve around the idea that people are quitting their jobs um, and moving like to the middle of nowhere or whatever. Um, because of burnout there's a lot of youtube videos on it too with people just being like you know i quit my job my like 100k job and i moved to the middle of nowhere um Mm -hmm. i've seen a few of those i think that's what happens when you hit the extreme end of burnout and then you're like f this i've had enough yeah and so our goal is not to get to that extreme our goal is to not get there (laughs) um but i mean it's it's just like something that's becoming more and more. I don't want to say popular, like as in it's not a it's not common. a popularity it's thing. It's becoming more yeah. and more common. I think because of the fact that burnout is just getting more and more common, and, and especially during the pandemic. I know we've mentioned it before too, but it is like a huge thing, and that's what we spoke about, like work life balance and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the less you have of any of these things, the more burnout um, you're likely to experience becomes a part of you yeah. yeah this actually ties really well with that episode so if you want to maybe listen to that also after this or before this that could be good yeah um so anyways what is burnout Arya? so the way i would define burnout again this is not like the definition you can go google it if you want the definition but the way i would define it is burnout is what happens when you avoid coping with the various stresses of your life typically it's in your work life um, and you eventually reach a point where the stress has accumulated so much that you are unable to do anything productive and you're just completely burned out and you just can't really do anything productive for you know your work or whatever whatever thing that burned you out right and we're specific I mean, I know burnout is a large term, but I think for the majority of people, it happens um, regarding to their professional lives. Mm-hmm. So burnout... Well, that's where people spend most of their life, right? Yeah. And you don't realize it. Like you think a job is just a job until you've given up like 30 years of your life to working and then you're like... 30 years working eight hours a day. So it's pretty much like yeah, it's a half what's... of your life you've given to your work. Right. And so... I think that's really important and that's maybe another discussion. We've had like, you know, the discussion about finding your dream job and stuff, but it's just the, the idea of it's not a job. It's it's literally your day-to-day experience. And I think in North America, we've done a poor job of of equipping everyone with, I don't think I said that word right. Um, I don't know where you were going with that. That sounded but, good. But anyways, just giving everyone that that knowledge and that support base of like when you're 16 and you choose a job or a career path or whatever, it's like you're not stuck in that it's evolutionary to your life cycle and that 
everything that you're doing develops as you grow and you're not forced on one path. I think people like misconstrue a job as like, this is what I'm picking to do for the rest of my life and I have to stay on this path. And that's a huge contributing factor to burnout. And the way oh I God. see it... If I thought that was true, I would be so depressed right now. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people do. And so, um, you know, that's when suddenly radical changes in your life have to happen in order for you to get off that path because you've just been stuck there for so right. long. You hit the last cycle, the last stage of burnout, chronic burnout, as they yeah. say. So, I mean, for me, burnout is some something in your life that's literally pushing you to the boundaries where both emotionally and mentally you can't deal with it anymore and you know that it's not right for you and you're still pushing through it like you're it's kind of like the way I imagine it and it's it leads to a lot of things like anxiety depression all these different you know so many different there's so many different symptoms of it right it can show itself in many different ways but it's kind of like pretty much going like swimming and then being like this is nice and then you're like oh, here's a 10 pound weight that you have to carry with you. And you're like, okay, I can do that. And then you just keep swimming. And then you're like, huh, it's kind of getting hard. And someone's like, oh, here's another 20 pounds. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you're just <laughs> swimming and you're like, what am I doing? And then they're like, oh, can you also like take another person on your back while you're at it? And you're like, no, I can't, but you're just doing it. And at, at one point you're just fighting to literally keep your head above the water. And it's only when you kind of like give up, you drop all that extra weight that you finally can get over the burnout. And we'll talk about like more about that. But that's that's a metaphorical description of burnout in my right. head. Um, you you wrote Keshfire before. You wrote how psychology and emotionally they're tied together. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so I think I think a lot of us are t- not taught to listen to our gut. Like you're taught that. You have to listen to um, everything everyone else says before you, first of all, like what your parents say, what society says. Um, and so that leads us to the decisions, first of all, that generally lead you to that situation you don't want to be. Because emotionally, you have a guidance center and you're kind of like, you know, that feeling where you're like, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to do things and that's just your comfort zone, which is very different. But there's times where you literally, you'll try something and then you're like, I really don't think this is for me. Like, this is, this feels bad. This feels really not great. <laughs> and then you're just forcing yourself there. And I've been there um, where you're just like, mentally, you're like, you give yourself stupid reasons. You're like, oh, you know, my family's going to be really disappointed if I don't do this. Oh, you know, I'm going to disappoint my workplace, my boss. Oh, you know, like I'm a failure if I don't do this. I need the money. I can't do it without the money. And you just, like, give yourself mental reasons, but emotionally... Emotionally, you're, you're still, like, really distressed about right. what you're being, what and you're having to do. And they're not synced up. They're not really, like, in tune that way. And the best... If you look at the best situations in life, you've gone traveling, you've gone, like, done things that are really, really, like, great, right? Like, even gone for, like, a walk where you get clarity or whatever. Your mental and your emotional state are in sync. They're both happy. They're like, this feels good. This is nice. Like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Or or they're both kind of like in an uncomfortable state, but you're not you're not there for a long time. You kind of get over that hurdle, right? It's when you're stuck in that phase of like emotionally and mentally they're fighting each other where emotionally it's like, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And your mental state is like, oh, but maybe if you just try a little harder, oh, but maybe if you just do a little bit more. And I know for a fact, every, everywhere you go, it's like, 
grind mentality, grind mentality, grind mentality. Yeah, that's I think that's probably mentality. that's probably what's causing the the numbers to keep going higher and higher is because of this. Like, I I think it's a North American cultural thing more than it is a a European thing. Yeah, I think like Asian cultures have it. Too. I think yeah, Asian Asian cultures have it too. But like, it's just we live in this culture where you're just always meant to be grinding. Like it's a competition. I remember being in school in university. And it being a competition, like, I didn't sleep for six days. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't sleep for seven days. Like, why is that a competition? Why is that a good thing? That's not a good thing. But it's kind of like showing that, oh, I, I really worked hard for this, you know? And that's that goes to an old saying, like, work smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, grind, it means. But I don't, I think here's the defining factor. When you're grinding for something you really love and you care about, yeah, there's hard moments and there's hard times. I don't think challenges don't like show up in your life. I just think you're really passionate about what the end goal is enough to push through those challenges and they're not like a contributing factor to your overall happiness. Burnout has a huge contributing factor to your overall happiness and right. it really ruins your day-to-day life. Challenges in general when you're like, as they say, grinding on something you really like are not necessarily a day-to-day thing where you're like emotionally and mentally dreading it. And right. so then that's the defining factor of, I think, you don't just grind for the sake of grinding. Like, I don't think you should grind for a minimum wage job that's barely there unless you love what right. it is. You love the people you're working with and you see a future there. You have an end goal it's, there. It's like that saying, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you don't work a day in your life. Right. And if you really love it, then the grind doesn't necessarily feel draining. It just it just feels like part of the process. Yeah, and you're okay with it. You're not, like, upset over it. You kind of just know that it's there and you're fine. Um and your emotional guidance doesn't usually like go like, oh, fuck, get out of here, get out of here. Maybe uncomfortable, but you're just like, you're just, you know, you're aware that it's just a part of the process and that's okay. Um, and like, I don't know, I can, I can share when I've personally dealt with the difference of that is, you know, I was in a position where I've spoken about it before, where I was literally like forcing myself to go in dreading the people I was like like working with and literally trying to get away because I felt so so emotionally like unsafe I would li- like I literally spent I don't know how many days crying out of that year uh-huh. just like upset because I didn't feel like I was good enough I didn't feel like I was doing a good thing I didn't feel like I just didn't feel good right and sure you don't always feel good but if it's been like a year and you're not feeling good come on and so it's so time to make a change <laughs> right and so at that point i was literally listening to my family like just stick it through stick it through and i was like okay fine i'll stick it through and like you know they remind me of these other like times in my past like i had a physics class once in summer school and the teacher was a asshole and he was like he the first test he failed like 80 percent of the class and then he was like each one of us that failed, he took us out and he's like, I don't think you're good enough for this course. I think you should really consider taking this at another point in your life. I was like, dude, it's grade 11 physics. Like, I just have to take it. There's no other time in my life I can take it, you know? Yeah. So um, the fact that that was his approach was really shitty. And he, he it worked, though. He Like, he dropped half the class. Even my... my probably, really- you know what? He probably did that just to get his own class average at the end to be higher. Yeah, whatever. And he, <laughs> like, it was crazy because he had the next door physics teacher and he was great. I was like, why the fuck didn't I get put in that class? 
Um, but I had one of these girls, the smartest girl in my, like in my school, she was super smart and she quit too. Cause she's like, this teacher sucks. And I put like, I spent that summer crying with the help of my <laughs> uncle, like helping me work through that physics course. I ended with like, I think barely a 75. Well, that's impressive. Oh yeah. But like so many struggles, ridiculous amount of struggles. And I was, I was miserable. Like I spent that summer miserable. And I was like, well, you got the credit. I'm like, great, I didn't even fucking need the credit in the end. Like, yeah, I needed it to apply to university. It wasn't relevant to the one I chose in the end. So it's just funny. But they were like, you know, you push through that. You can push through this job. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll push through this fucking job too. <laughs> um, and then it's kind of like, oh, but you invested all this time. You know, there's a lot of things where people say, oh, you have to work at a job for like two years to be successful and like finally. Yeah, I feel again, like bullshit. that's what, yeah, it, it kind of is. But like, I, I also have that in the back of my mind as well. All the time. Yeah, I know. But I mean, if you have really good people who are by your side, you'll always have great references and stuff too. So I, I think uh, that's another conversation. Point being, I stuck through this job, mentally drained for a full year. And then I got to the point where I would literally like tell everyone like, I'm quitting in March, I'm quitting in March, I'm quitting in March, I'm quitting in March. And then I joked around about being like, about quitting on April Fool's Day to everyone I cared about. And I was literally like praying. I was like, I'm just like, I'm waiting for the day where I can, I get my bonus and I just leave. <laughs> that was it. That was literally <laughs> my only thing. And guess what? I got let go of. <laughs> without the bonus. Without the bonus. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was better than I could have expected because everyone felt sorry for me instead of feeling like, oh, she's so ungrateful. She left the job or whatever. And the people who cared about me obviously um, understood why I did it, and they respected me enough not to, not to do anything more. They they were good, um, and I was pretty happy that I was let go because it was the perfect situation at that point in time for me financially and everything. It worked out, um, and it led me to something better. But that was an extreme case of burnout, and my symptoms were literally like. I would dread going to work. I would, I would never, like, I lived to would you say not that, be there. Would you say that you maybe had a minor or mild case of depression as well during oh, that time? Yeah. Like, I would journal so much just to try and mentally, like, release that. Um, and it was, it was just emotional. Like, I had a coworker who just, she was the bane of my existence. I wish her nothing but happiness, but. I don't. <laughs> no I've forgiven her like whatever she had her own issues in life that's fine but it really mentally affected me to the point where yeah I was I had anxiety I had like all those things that you can be clinically diagnosed with but it wasn't a clinical thing it was emo an emotional thing that mm -hmm. was all it was stemming from this one role this one position and not feeling like I was good enough and that goes a lot with your self-worth and stuff but that was an extreme case of burnout in my life that I felt. And I, I learned from that experience what never to do again. Which is? Which is never to put myself in a situation where I am so unhappy and so... Yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, and I, I agree. Like, it led me to where I am right now. That's great. I know that. But um, once you... But who knows what it would have led you to if you had just quit earlier. Right, exactly. Right? Like, you'll never know. Exactly. We're not saying that the current outcome was bad, but maybe, maybe there was an even better path that Correct. could have been taken. Correct. And that's always something in life. But I mean, I work in a job now where 
you know, the people are great. I love the people and it's awesome. And I have nothing against anything there. But I also know, like, intuitionally that it's not my life calling. Like, this is not where I'm meant to be forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm okay with the journey I'm on because I get to learn a lot of amazing things. And so that's the kind of balance you give yourself where it's like, you may, you kind of may know that this is not where you have to be at, you know, at the end of the day, but you're okay with being there right now. And you kind of give yourself a timeline or an expectation of what mm. it's going to be like. Um, and that, that I think plays a huge part in avoiding that burnout because you kind of are aware of it. Whereas like, I think if you're like, I'm stuck here forever, it's going to suck. Right. If you're just, if you're just lying to yourself saying like, you're never going to leave, I guess. Yeah. That could really cause the burnout to exacerbate. Yeah. And I had a lot of people who were like, COVID happened. Oh, you're not going to get a job. Oh my God. I feel so sorry for you. And I was like, that is not true. Everyone who believe you attract what you think. Right. I, I genuinely believe that if you think you won't get anything and you won't get anywhere, that is exactly what's going to happen. But if you really believe in yourself and you believe that you're worth it and you're going to find it and you kind of, I mean, it's a little bit of faith. I know there's people who probably are listening who don't believe in faith and that's fine, but it's kind of having that faith that something is going to work out. You're, you're going to have an opportunity and putting yourself out there, then that mix of things usually, I think, generate, in my personal opinion, the form of success you're looking for. Whereas if you're just sitting there and you're like, everything sucks, the world sucks, I'm never going to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to get anywhere. That's what you're thinking. That's all you're focusing on. And an example of that is like when you go to school, you don't know anything about the subject you're studying before. Like, Arya, you studied engineering and whatever, right? Yeah. Half the shit you knew about engineering and computers and stuff, you never knew before you did that. You weren't aware of it. I, I, yes, I'm a little confused by your question, but yes. You didn't know everything about all the stuff you know now, right? Your awareness isn't at the point that it's... My knowledge increased. Right, your knowledge and your general awareness of the way things work. Sure. I don't see any of that, for example. Like, I don't see any of the computer stuff that you see, so I'm never going to focus on that. I can't see it and I don't imagine it, whereas you do. And so you have that knowledge, whereas I studied buildings and stuff I now look at buildings differently I can notice parts of a building that a normal person would never see because they just don't think about that and it's the same way it's like if you see what you're seeing and you don't think about anything other than that then you are stuck in that one point of view and that one focus it's kind of like taking a camera lens and widening it up mm -hmm. and having a larger focus and if you're focused on a small minute negative thing that's all you'll see. You can't see past that. You can't see that there's more aspects and pieces that can help you and get you to where you want to be. And I think burnout is also that focal point. It's like that focal point of like, this is sucking. This is energy draining. This is horrible. And you don't have that larger perspective of like, I can get out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be stuck here. I am in charge of myself. And I, I right. felt that. That was me. I felt I felt like... But it also ties back to like control. not being passionate about what you're doing, right? Because if right. you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, I hate doing this. Like, why am I doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Like, clearly you're not passionate about the end goal of what you're working on. Mm -hmm. Or at least you just don't really care about the cause. Yeah, that's the main thing. I think passion can be developed too. Like, you can learn to care about something. But if you don't find uh, the work at uh, certain certain things not everything i'm not saying yeah everything. i'm saying certain things though you may find yourself in a situation and be like whoa i actually really like this right 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 you can find a passion i don't right. think you can develop a passion but you could probably find a passion right that's what i mean so i mean 
you don't necessarily have to go into something having that passion, but once you're there, you may find it in that. But I think it comes to that. Right. That I just caring. had a, I just had a thought, which I think passion might be the ultimate cure for burnout. Yeah. I think if there's passion, there might still be like minor burnouts here and there, but you you'll never get to the extreme burnout. If especially if you're following good work life balance guidelines. Yeah. Like for me, I don't think I ever had as bad of a uh, burnout experience as as Kesh did with her one previous workplace. I've I'm still relatively, I guess, young in my career. I've had like a lot of internships and stuff, but I've only had like one full time job. And my internships, I had I had two that were in the financial sector, and I would say those were the ones where I had the biggest burnout, where I dreaded going to work every day. Like, clearly, it became very evident to me early on that finance was not an area I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. It just did, I just did not care. I didn't care at all if, you know, the thousands of lines of code I wrote would help some Joe Schmuck have uh, whatever. Like, what? Like, like what, what is the impact there? Like, what, what right, is that doing? Right, you didn't see it. Your perspective was closing on that one focal point of, like, I don't see a point to this. This is an impact. Whereas someone who actually cares about it sees, like, all the other aspects. And right. Things. So it just comes down to passion, right? I wasn't passionate about it. Right. Now, in my current job, I would say there's more of a passion, but I'm still sort of at that crossroads where I'm like, you know, I know this isn't necessarily my calling where I want to be for the rest of my life. Like not, not in the, not in the company, but just in this type of role per se. Yeah. And it's just like, you just, I know that it's just a temporary thing. You know, I'm not telling myself I'm going to be stuck here forever. I'm just, I'm here for now and I'm learning, you know, things that I have to learn that are going to make me be a better, you know, programmer. And this will eventually lead me to where I really want to be. Exactly. And I think you have to also be fair in yourself and like, um, I know some people, like, look at those extreme success stories, like, Bill Gates developed Microsoft so young and whatever. But there's a lot of backstory to a lot of that. There's actually... Um, Drama. No, I think <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell wrote a really good book, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it's Outliers. I think that's the one he it, that showcases. It goes over the, like, sequence of events that led to, like, people becoming famous, right? Like... They've actually put in time and effort way before you imagine. Like, all you see is that, like, really young successory. But you have to put in that time and that effort. And being sure, if you can be sure of yourself and go for it, and you have that determination and kind of like that point of no return, Mm -hmm. then you're fine. It doesn't matter. But if you can't do that, then, you know, let yourself at least go through the stages. Like Arya is saying, you don't have to necessarily be at that end final stage. I'm there right now, and it doesn't matter your age. Like, you know, different people have different times. You're at the end stage of burnout? No, no, at the stage of where you're you're still, you're not, like, exactly where you need to be. Oh, okay, okay. No, not end stage of burnout. I was confused. No, sorry. Um, The stage where you want to be, like, you're saying, you know, like, right. in life. Um, But you're learning, and the same with me. Like, I'm learning a lot, and I'm, I've also, like, the one thing I've taken away is, I've kind of stopped listening to what everyone else says. And it's funny because before my last job, I really did a good job at not listening to what anyone else said. Like, I graduated and my thought after graduating was like, I got burned out in school. Um, I almost like my fourth year, I was like, if I didn't have the friends I did, I would have been like, mm. F this. I'm quitting fourth year. Yeah, me too. Peace out. Me too. 
Um, but I had amazing friends. For me, it wasn't just fourth year. For me, every year was like that. If I didn't have my friends, I would have been like, F this. <laughs> Shout out to Miko. She really pushed me to the end where she was like, you can do this. You literally be Kashmir. You can do it. You can do it. And I was like, okay. I'm just like eating my Nutella jar. Like, okay, I don't want to be doing this. Um, but I, after that, I was just kind of like, I'm not jumping into a job. I know for a fact I cannot do that. I know some people like went for degrees right after. And then everyone was like, if you don't get a job right after school, then it shows really poorly on your like resume. I'm like, F that. Can I interject the point? Yeah. You know how I said passion is like the ultimate cure for, for burnout? Yeah. You right now are not in the field that you were studying in school, yeah. correct? And you were dreading like most of the time in school, right? You yes. were just like dragging yourself through it. So once again, it shows that, you know, you didn't have a passion well, for what no, you were doing. Well, no, that's not true. See, here's the fun fact. I learned what I did care about. So I was in a creative field still, right? Mm -hmm. I learned that I do not like technical details. I'm not a detail-oriented person. And for a long time, I thought Actually, that was... I a, would disagree with that. I would say you are a detail-oriented person. I'm a detail-oriented person in things I care about in certain ways. You're detail-oriented when you're being creative, if right, that makes sense. Correct. And so those are the... I'm not, and that's the point that I think people, uh, it took me a really long time to realize this because even as a kid, like my mom would be like, you didn't clean this up. You didn't see this. And I'm like, no, I don't see it. Cause I don't care about it. And Arya has the same thing. And I live with him now. And I'm just like, you didn't see that. He's like, I don't care enough to see that. And it's funny. Cause it's true. You just, when you don't care, you don't care about the details. You don't see it that way. And that was exactly it. I learned. Like, I don't care about certain details. Like give me any admin work to do. I couldn't care less. And that's like something I'm in a role right now where I'm kind of, you know, developing that. And I've told them, I'm like, I suck at this. I know my own weakness. I don't want to do this. This is not where I want to be. Like, find someone else to do this. You know? <laughs> and that's 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 being honest and understanding that you're not you can't be good at everything. Right. And I didn't do that my last job. I tried to say yes to everything. And if I wasn't good at it, I felt shitty and like a loss of a person. Like, I was like, I'm not good enough. That's not true. You're good. You're good at what you're good at. You know, you're not good at every other thing that you can't do. And that's, I think that's okay. Um, so I learned that. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm detailed in certain aspects when I care about something and I love something. And in other aspects, I'm not. But I, I learned the creative side exactly like you said is mm. where I care. So I used to thrive when I had projects and stuff. And I did all of that stuff. I sucked at like tests, for example. Horrible. Dreaded. Our history, good God, like <laughs> barely passed those courses. Um, so yeah, it's it's fine to realize where you're sucky at and where you're amazing at. And that's funny. It's, it's <laughs> just it, it just works out at the end. So I'm in a place now where I know where I'm creative and I thrive at being creative. But even right now, I'm at a crossroads where I'm kind of like emotionally. I still feel drawn to a certain aspect, but it's terrifying to me to leave everything and jump into that. So I've kind of given myself like a timeline, like, okay, you can wait till this date and then move into the next stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a contract you build with yourself. You hold yourself accountable to that. So if you can't do it at this moment, but you know, emotionally, intellectually, and like, you just have that feeling, that gut feeling like, Hey, you know, this is where you should actually go take, try this. And it's terrifying because mentally you're like, Ha 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 ha, you're gonna You know fail. what? I think maybe we should do a whole episode about that feeling. Because I also have that we'll feeling. Call it that feeling. Look out for that. I also have that feeling where it's like, you know, I, I know where I want to be, but 
I, mean, I just, I can't go to that stage yet. Yeah. And we could talk about, like, how to deal with that, how to get yourself to that stage faster. Yeah. And whatnot. So, so that's exactly it. The burnout phase, though, happened after oh, school. It's 11-11, make a wish. Oh, make a wish. Anyway, it's not 11-11 for you guys listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I faced that burnout, and then after that burnout, I, I kind of had that extremist thing where I'm not going to do anything in that work field. And I followed my intuition and it was really funny because I genuinely just listened to what I thought and I ended up like going to one of my friends. She had like a birthday at just me and her at like a climbing gym and I went with her and I'm like, oh, I really like the energy of this place. Like, I think this would be a really fun job. Never have I climbed in my life before that day. (laughs) FYI. Never have I like done a job like that. But I was just like, LOL, here I go. So I went to the front desk. I'm like, hey, you guys hiring? She's like... Uh, actually, yeah, we're always like, you know, looking for people. So if you want, you can drop off your resume. I did my resume in two days. Like I biked back over there and it was like a 30, 40 minute bike, but I was so like into it. I was like, I'm going to bike here. I biked there. I dropped my resume off and I was just like, I really want this job. I ended up going to travel. And right before I went, they were like, Hey, can you come in for an interview? And I'm like, uh, can I come in two weeks? And they were like, yeah, sure. I went in two weeks. They did like some random questioning. Like, are you athletic? This and that bullshit in my way through all of it. <laughs> like, You're I biked here. Yeah, I'm like, I biked 40 minutes to get here. So I think I'm pretty athletic. And uh, they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Have you been here before? I was like, yeah, once. I didn't say the once. And then I just kind of went through it. And I'm really good at interviews. Like, that's one of my great skills. So um, I got the job. And it was by far one of the best jobs I've had. Not the highest paying job. Not like the most prestigious job I've ever had. But I genuinely met some amazing people that I had so much fun working with. And I never dreaded going to work. That was that was going to be my next question. Did you ever dread going into work? No. Like, I would take as many shifts as I could. I was just like, I That's love so being cool. here. I want to work with these people. I love the people that, like, climb here. Um, and I got to learn. And that was a thing, right? In my, my mind, my motivation was, like, I get to learn a whole new sport for free. I get to meet people for free. I like grew my network. I not even my- for free. You're getting paid to do it. Correct. <laughs> and that and so that's funny. You know that brings me to another point. It's funny how like my mindset now is so different from then because it was minimum wage, right? Like it wasn't a high end job right. at, in the least. But in my mind, I was like, I'm getting paid to do these. Like it's worth it. And so to me, it was a huge win and I loved it. And I was like, I get to chill here some days and I don't have any responsibility. And I had a conversation with someone recently who's like a higher up and they were just like, God, I wish I didn't have to manage people sometimes. Like I wish I just had a regular role where I didn't have that stress. I hear that a lot from management sometimes. Yeah. So it's really funny. It's really interesting. I think the grass is always greener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it just goes to show like I, I know I had friends who were like, you know, working in the field and this and that. And I didn't until I literally had to. Mm. Um, and, you know, my intuition was like, you're in the wrong place. But it did it because I was like, I need money. I need this. I need that. Um, so Ma- I think it leads you somewhere. Imagine how much happier the whole world would be if everybody felt that way about their job. Yeah, if everybody I, felt like just excited to go to work and like happy with what they were doing, even if like it's not the pay or the or the prestige that they want. Yeah, you're, you're just happy about what you do. Exactly. That'd and that's exactly what it is. That's what you're trying to find at the end of the day to avoid burnout. It's not chasing happiness. It's chasing, chasing your own beliefs and understanding that leads you to your happiness and that understanding of yourself leads you there and like Arya said we can have like another 
episode about that and how that feeling works. I think that'd be a valuable thing to talk about. But anyway. But point being, um, long story, very long story was just (laughs) all these different things of burnout. I've experienced like I think the extremes of like bad burnout really strongly. And I've learned from those experiences. Um, Arya, I know he said like he hasn't really faced it and I hope he never does because he's been really good at following his own intuition and like um, just what he loves, like his passion, mm-hmm. right? I would say I'm kind of like in one of the earlier stages of burnout right now though. Right. Where? So how do you cope with it? Well, for good or bad, take it as you will. The way that I've sort of dealt with uh, my burnout is by heavily detaching myself from work and like immersing myself into something that I'm passionate about. Ideally, that would be like a side project or something that would also give me the feeling of productivity. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, again, for good or bad, (laughs) it's like with video games. I just like escape into, you know, a game and I get super passionate about the game and you know, it may take me a, a few days, it may take me a week, it may take me like two weeks, but like I'll just like finish that one game and then I'm like, okay, I I feel back to normal now, you know, ish. Right. So I think, at least for me, like a good way to deal with burnout is just to immerse yourself in something you're passionate in. I think that's a huge thing. Um, for me, I've done multiple things where I've done like journaling and maybe like another episode we'll have is like just methods of journaling and how you can like reframe your mindset that way Mm, that could be cool um and so yeah I've done that a lot I've done it where just talking to someone really like making it yeah you know what that's a great point talking to friends is a great great well I think here's the thing though yeah you can vent that's different but actually talking and trying to find a solution to your problem is Mm -hmm. really different um, because you can tell 50 people about this problem. And I did that. That was my problem last time. I told everyone, but the person who was bothering me, cause I just didn't have the balls to do it. Like I just couldn't do it. They were such a bully to me. I couldn't go to their face and tell them that they were causing me this, this much stress and anxiety in my life. Um, but if you can go to the source of your problem and straight up tell them this is causing me like the feelings of anxiety, this and that, um, and I'm feeling close to burnout. If you have someone who's genuinely good, if you don't, I'm so sorry. But if you do have someone who's genuinely good, they try to help you. You'll come up with maybe like some solutions that can help, at least for the time being, Mm -hmm. and prevent that. I know like the people I work with, for example, we always talk about them. Like, give me feedback. Tell me what I can do. And then I tell them, I'm like, I don't, like, this is not my job. Don't make me do this. Or why is this a part of my job? Like, I don't have the information for it, right? So kind of having that open communication, I think, is yeah. huge. Because when you just silently do things, you're just silently holding on to everything internally and it's And that, that's going to lead you to the burnout faster. Right. Right? That's the problem. So I think uh, for me, those two things and kind of like Arya, but in a different way. And I guess this is more of the extreme way. But like travel, escaping for me is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I know I haven't been able to do that much during the pandemic. But like that gives me such a refresher when I get to see a new place get out of my current state of mind, um, you know, meet new people. And I love that. Like, I love getting out of my environment and refreshing my mindset in that way. I know it's not a viable option for everyone in that way, but you can even do a day trip somewhere. I Um, think what it really comes down to is just escape. I think for good or bad, everybody, I don't, well, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying for good or bad, 
everybody needs a little bit of an escape from time to time. Um, I think balance. I think you need to find the balance. That's a real cure to burnout. And I think you balance up things you're passionate about with things you have to do sometimes in life. Right. So if you, if you know, like you have to stick through something for the next four months, you know, it's like burning you out a little bit, make sure you divide, like we said, the work-life balance thing, divide that out with the things you're passionate about. So you have, you know, that, that defining thing that's rejuvenating you little by little. Mm -hmm. Um, and then make a pact with yourself that you're not going to stick to this horrible thing like if it's a if it's like you know a job start looking for other jobs start finding something else you care about give yourself like i'm gonna do something new in four months yeah. and if not i'm quitting yeah a good example of that is like i said when i was working in finance once i finished my second internship in finance and i still had another summer co-op like slot coming up in the following year i had told myself i'm never ever going back into finance and I was determined to stick by that. Yeah. I was so determined to stick by that that I would have rather been unemployed that summer than go back to that place. And that but was luckily, literally you know, it. Luckily, I was in a position where I didn't need the money per and se. And that's the point of no return. That's literally that decision you make to yourself where it's like, at this point, I am making a promise to myself. Like I keep my word to mm -hmm. myself. And, and it, that's it. It may have been that promise that fueled me to work so hard to find another job. Correct. And I think that's always how it goes. Um, I like same thing here. It's it's kind of like that promise and that belief in myself that I'm gonna find something that works out for me mm -hmm. that led me to good things. And um, it was the opposite. It was the desperation and the need for something um, without a full grasp of the consequences per se. Um, that led me to things that were not great. Like the reasons that I did them were horrible. They were literally like, oh, make connections that I never cared about, by the way. Mm -hmm. The people I cared about already liked me. I didn't, <laughs> need to, I didn't need to impress anyone else, in all honesty. I understand. And then the other thing was like, you know, that I think, I think a huge, I don't know if it's for everyone, but at least for us, it's like impressing other people. Like, oh, I have this, I'm making this much. Um, I just feel like I have to do all this stuff to be at this level of life. Like if you're 25 and you're working at a minimum wage job and you're not doing great, um, then it's kind of like, oh, what is she doing with her life? Whereas like, what about if you're just the happiest person doing that? And somehow it's going to lead you to an even better role, right? Mm -hmm. Having that belief in yourself. Um, but people don't give themselves that chance. I think, especially with age, if you're like, you know, the older you are, the more pressure you put on yourself to be at a certain level of professional, I don't know. Competence yeah. or skill. Yeah, and that role. And so, um, don't fall into the trap, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing we're running a little bit uh, later than usual. It's yeah. more over 40 minutes. So just for the sake of the listener, we can maybe try to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, one last thing that we, we really wanted to touch on before we ended it was burnouts can can take a long time to to recover from and you shouldn't feel bad about that like when we were first thinking about talking about this for for an episode i, I was like you know i don't know if i really have any valuable experience to share because it, it sometimes takes me like weeks to recover from burnout but then as i was researching for this for this you know for this topic i found out that it can take some people years years to recover from the burnout that they've like they've reached right and then Keshfire made a really good point that I want you to to repeat word for word because it, it's so profound 
don't know if it's word for word. Okay, well, you know. It's just that if you spend all that time to get to that point of burnout, then then how is it fair to tell yourself that you don't need equal amount of time to get over that burnout, right? Right. Like if it takes you two years to get burned out and you're like, oh, I've been like, it's been two months and it like, it took you two years to get to this point. Um, give yourself that time and that space. I think time is another thing that yeah. people don't give themselves, but um, I had a coworker and she was so burnt out. Like she was literally, she hated her life. And she was doing this job because like her excuse was, this is the closest thing to my house. Nothing else going to pay me this good, blah, blah, blah. I literally got told that by other people I work with. Like, nothing else is going to pay you this good. I wasn't making that much, in all honesty, for the hours I worked. Um, but she had gotten, like, she told her her, her higher-ups that they should, like, you know, she was getting burnt out. And they kind of told her, like, oh, yeah, no, it's nothing. You can take, like, a one-month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And they just gave her, like, that one-month sabbatical instead of, like, trying to help her cope with it. Um, I mean, it's still not the worst thing they could have offered. I mean, no, it's still nicer than some places would offer. Of course, but, but it's still not what she was asking for right. when she described it to me. And it was interesting because it's just, like, they were like, here, we'll pay you for a month. Like, take that. But just, like, come back to us and mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. When obviously it's what she was doing that was getting her to that point. And it's on her too. It's not the onus of the company either. Like she should have just, and I told her, I'm like, just leave. You'll find, you're talented. You'll find something else. Right. right? People have a lot of responsibilities. I understand that. Like children, mortgages, all that stuff you have to take care of. Um, I think the point is though that, um, whoa, I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh no. The train left the station. The train just crashed and burned. I don't even know where that sentence was going. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, oh okay, right, right, right. The point, the point is... <laughs> Never mind, our train is not crashing. <laughs> the point is, don't feel bad about how long it takes you to get yeah. over the burnout. So like Keshwar said, if it takes you two years to get to that point of burnout, I'm not saying expect that it will take two years to recover, but don't feel like bad or guilty or shitty about yourself if it takes, you know, a significant amount of time to recover from that burnout just you know understand that that's how long it took you to get to that stage so it may take you up until that much amount of time or more who knows to to come out it doesn't mean that you do nothing for that whole time to recover it just means no you're obviously generally are doing like it took me a while to get over the burnout i had but i was still doing other stuff right and uh you're still doing things to recover but just you know don't feel bad about how long it takes you to recover exactly don't feel guilty about it with that being said, I think we should probably wrap it up because this is one of our longer episodes. But I think that's just because we're both really passionate about this topic. Yeah, and we, hope you, we hope you don't have to go to the extreme case of burnout. And you're not alone if you are there. Just know that, you know, you yeah. can get out of it. So Absolutely. We want to help you guys not get to that stage. And if you're at that stage, like how to, you know, recover from it as soon as possible yeah. and save yourself the emotional trouble. If you get a cottage in the middle of nowhere, though, please invite me. I would love to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, though, thank you for listening. We've come to the end of another station episode. Another spectacular station. Our train has landed safely. No crashing and raining. <laughs> um, please follow us on Instagram at go.station. That's where we post a lot of updates. 
Um, that's where you can probably one of the best. I've actually faced burnout on social media and I, it's cause I wasn't on Instagram and then all of a sudden I had to go on for these and I was like, ugh, anxiety. I don't feel great. So I haven't been super active for which I apologize, but I will oh, be okay. back on I guess it. we don't post that many updates, but. But we will. We will. And it's also just a great place to get in touch with us. Right. If you want to send a voice note and be featured on the podcast, if like, for instance, you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, we would prefer if those are sent over the anchor website which you can find in the description of our episodes but if you just want to send us like a like a dm or you know some kind of feedback or leave a comment or something for us instagram would be the best place to do that correct mundo. all right well that that's said, it for now yep yeah, that's it that's it for now <laughs> adios talk to you guys later bye friends hope you have a great week bye